Welcome in to Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell. I'm Kaylee Mizell. Miked Up is brought to you by the International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. This week I sat down with Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus, and he had incredible insights into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we talk about barbecue. We talk about who you're thankful for, your happy place, and so much more in this conversation. It is a ton of fun and a lot of insightful information for you Bucks fans all packed into this one episode. Before we get into my conversation with Trevor, here's a word from International Diamond Center. We don't go through brokers or wholesalers. We go straight to the cutters. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire. You cannot get any closer to the source than International Diamond Center. With tremendous buying power and international connections that go back over 35 years, IDC can easily guarantee the best diamond value. We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere. Period? Period. So there you have it. You're going to get a bigger, better diamond. You need another period after that. Period. <laughs> International Diamond Center. Okay. This week, I have joining me Trevor. Uh, Trevor, I'm so excited to talk to you. You used to live in Tampa, so you used to be kind of local around here. Where are you now? So, uh, oh man, you you saying that I'm I'm not local anymore really really hurts. Oh, my I'm so soul. sorry. I'm in I am in Cincinnati, Ohio now. Uh, this is where Pro Football Focus's headquarters are here in Cincinnati, and so moved up here last September is my first year on the job here and so yeah it's uh it's been a great time very different uh as a Florida kid growing up my entire life in Florida I think I had like two total jackets to my closet and so I've had to expand that a little bit I think we're up to double digit jackets now but that's probably been the biggest change with all of it moving to Cincinnati jackets sweaters and boots that when I lived in Columbus Ohio a, a big investment was like you had to get some like high quality boots that could handle the snow and the rain and like everything right yes uh, battling the elements no matter what it is because in Florida I told people all the time like there there's not seasons it's 81 degrees on Christmas day you know it's just like that's kind of how it is it's, it is truly a paradise all year round and other parts of the country, they have very beautiful seasons. Cincinnati is one of them. When the leaves change, everything is very beautiful. But there are also those days where it's like 17 degrees and snowing. And uh, your boy was not as prepared for that as I was for any other kind of weather. So we had to adjust a little bit. Yes, it's a big adjustment process. I remember I remember adjusting as, um, as someone who lived in Florida most of my life to other climates. It's interesting. So I want you to take me back to a young Trevor when were you, when did you realize, hey, I think I'm, I'm good enough at like talking about football and doing this. I think I'm good enough to maybe get paid to do it. Like, I think I could have this as my job. Some days I wonder if that's the case anyways. Some days I just kind of, you know, I'm am, am running by the seat of my pants and I just have a lot of fun doing this. And apparently people like listening to me talk about football, which I am very appreciative for. But I would say, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have the dream or even the thought to make this a career until pretty late in the process, I would say. I always grew up playing sports. I was always around sports, whether it was going to games or playing games myself, playing in high school, middle school, all that kind of stuff. Baseball. I grew up playing hockey, actually. And so, you know, it just, I was so involved in sports. I loved it. It was such a big part of my life. When I went to college, before I went to the University of Florida, which is where I graduated from, went to a small college in Lakeland, Florida, shout out Lakeland, Southeastern University. And I went and I thought that 
I was going to get my degree in business, ended up taking a couple of business classes. Wasn't really my cup of tea. Didn't really love it. So I kind of like dropped that major and I was like, man, I don't really know what I want to do. And I ended up taking a radio class with a good friend of mine. It was kind of an elective. It was just a fun elective to throw in our schedule that we were looking forward to. And he said, okay, part of what you have to do in this class is you have to do a radio course. Two times a week, you have to host an hour-long radio show, just the two of you. My friend and I were really into sports, and we're like, let's make a sports show. Let's make a sports talk show. I loved it. I fell in love. The second the mic came on, the preparation, the everything that went into it, hearing people, hear my voice on the radio, and then like talk to me about the conversations we had. It was just, it was so much fun. I was so captivated by it. And, and it was really eventually something that caused me to transfer over to the University of Florida, go to a little bit bigger of a broadcast journalism program, was in that program for two years. And that's when I really started to go after it and, and want to commit to it as a career. And um, thankfully, after college, I, I got my start in Tampa as well, covering the Buccaneers, which was an absolute dream for pewterreport.com. And really, ever since then, it's just been kind of what I wake up to in the morning, what I go to bed at night thinking about. And it's just, it, it's such a wonderful life and, and I'm very blessed to be able to live it. Well, I have a few things to say to that. First of all, go Gators. Uh, yes. Also a, a university of there we go. graduate. Um, secondly, I got married in Lakeland and my parents went to Southeastern university. So I feel very kindred to you and a lot of the things that you're just saying. It's, oh that's so gosh. cool. Um, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so cool. What a small world. I know, right? Um, yeah, the the world of Central Florida. Okay, so take me back to working for the Bucks and what that start was like. And then, you know, I have to touch on it a little bit. You know, you you left Tampa um, per, per, with amazing opportunities. And I, your Twitter is pretty funny. You know, you're you're always pretty like, oh, this is just like the inevitable Bucks. This is just what's going to happen. They get your hopes up and then they crush your spirits. But then they got Tom Brady and they and they didn't crush your spirits, but you weren't there to experience it. I'm sorry to bring up some bad memories, maybe some good ones. I don't know. Oh, yes. Just kind of bringing it all full circle. Yeah, no. So it's it's funny, kind of going back to the year, what you were saying before, kind of covering the bucks. I when I graduated college, I did the thing that everybody did. I applied to a million different job places, whether it was broadcast places or teams or something. And I heard back from basically none of them. So you know, I was sitting here. I was like, okay, now I have this worthless piece of paper that's hanging up in my office, and not a lot to show for it when it comes to a career. And so you know, when I graduated and. For about a year and a half, I was kind of bouncing around doing a lot of different freelance work, whether it was writing or podcasting or even creating opportunities on my own. I made my own NFL draft website that I just was able to kind of continue to write and hone my craft and get to know a lot of people on social media throughout all of that. And, you know, after about a year and a half, I was writing for um, Bucks Nation, which is an SB Nation site, which I know probably a lot of people who might be listening to this podcast know. I was writing for them and I was just doing kind of like film breakdowns and I was doing it my own way. And I was trying to have fun with it and trying to be unique. And Scott Reynolds at PeterReport.com found my work and ended up reaching out to me. And he said, Hey, I really like what you uh, really like what, what you do. I would love to bring you onto the team. And so that was truly a dream come true. Uh, I worked for Peter Report for the next three, four ish years. Uh, and, and it was just to have the opportunity to cover your hometown team that you grew up watching and you grew up going to the stadium and 
you know, like I, I, I got to work with the fine folks over at WDAE. And it was just like, that was, that was the radio station I grew up listening to with my dad driving here and there. And it was just, it was, it was a dream come true. And I tried to make sure that every day I went to work that I, I took this opportunity with that kind of respect and the respect that it deserved with working hard and knowing that not a lot of people have this opportunity and how lucky I was to really have that and try to make the most of it. And, um, I'd like to think that I did. I'd like to think that we did a really great job covering that team, even when, as you said, the pre-Brady days, there wasn't a lot of things to get too excited about. I think that we had a lot of fun with it, and I hope the people out there who read and listened to my work believe that as well. But, yeah, I mean, bringing up the Brady thing is funny because, like I said, I covered him for about three three years full-time, and then four years kind of like I, I was covering them in the season, but I was also working for a company called the Draft Network. So it's kind of had my hand in, in, in two different spots. And so, you know, I end up leaving. Uh, I end up moving from Tampa to Charlotte, North Carolina. And that offseason, the offseason that I left, two months later, they get Tom Brady. They get Tom Brady. And then, of course, like they get Rob Gronkowski. And then like basically every free agent ever wants to come to the Bucks, And they win the Super Bowl in the first year. But Kaylee, it wasn't the thing was it wasn't just the Bucks. If you remember, yeah, it was the Lightning. Yeah. Okay. Right. The Bucks got Tom Brady. All right. And then that summer, the Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Yep. And then the Rays go to the World Series. Made the World Series. Made the World Series. Won the ALCS. The Bucks win the Super Bowl. Yep. The Lightning win the Cup again. And so it was just like it was people. People. I have so many people that I've gotten to know who I absolutely love. Who are Bucks fans, Lightning fans, everything. Tampa sports fans are my people through and through. But so many of them have tweeted at me and they're like, never come back, never return. Like, we love you, but like, never come back. You are not allowed to cross the state line, let alone get within city limits of Tampa. You were the no. curse. You, Tampa sports were finally good. So uh, I'd like to think that uh, me living in the Midwest now is, is my sacrifice to all of the Tampa sports people that I love. I mean, they, it did happen. They were, I mean, it, 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 it did happen. It, it, it's weird. It's weird. It like coincides with different things, right? It's like Brady signs and then these things happen. Like, I remember, like, I hadn't told anybody, but I was like pregnant around that time. And I was like, oh, like, it's like the champ baby, you know? Like, there's all these things you left. Like, there's like all of these little things that happened around that time. And it's like, ooh, this is. This is interesting, but I did, I know, I just felt bad for you because I was like, oh gosh, he like left and then ev- like the, the city just took off. Uh, but hopefully you celebrated, right? Like hopefully you celebrated some of those successes of your hometown. Take me back to um, wh- where you were when you were watching, you know, game, game six of the Stanley Cup final and, and the World Series and the Super Bowl and those exciting moments. No, I mean, that was, I, I, of course, I, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I will never be able to forget kind of where I'm from and what my roots are. And, um, you know, even though it's very interesting, I'm sure that you've had these feelings a little bit as you've, you know, graduated from college and, and kind of grown in this sports industry, you know, you don't have, it's not the same kind of fandom. And I say this to people all the time, right? Like professionalism and journalism definitely exists. You have to be able to cover the team, even if it's a team that, you grew up watching or something like that, you know, you've got to be able to cover it like a professional. And I always tried to do that the best I could with the Bucks. Now, when I talked about how I hope I put my unique spin on things, I didn't let my, or I tried to, I tried to make sure that I found a good balance between being a professional and doing my job, covering the team the way that I needed to. And also knowing that the people who read my work, 
are excited about this. Like they, they like sports because they like get excited about things. They like to come together. They like to root for something, you know, whether it's with friends or with a city or w- whatever it is, they like to be excited about it. And so I always tried to make sure that I brought my excitement in how I reported for the team as well. And so, you know, when I say that, you look at sports teams a little bit differently when you do cover them. But at the same time, you know, especially since I wasn't covering the team anymore, you know, when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, I remember where I was. I was in a friend's house in North Carolina. And funny enough, they're from Florida as well. So they grew up watching the Buccaneers and they were Buccaneers fans too. And I was just over at their house, truly in disbelief, just like Tom Brady is wearing number 12 for the Buccaneers, hoisting the Lombardi trophy in Raymond James Stadium. It was it's it was it was one of those things where it's almost too hard it, like it's almost too perfect to believe. And so I remember that's where I was for that you know the Stanley Cup finals. Uh I can't remember exactly where I was for it. I can't remember if it was if I was watching it with my dad at our house or if I was watching it somewhere else, but of course I was watching it celebrating as hard as as every other Lightning fan out there because I told you I, I grew up playing hockey. Hockey was actually the first sport that I played. So the Lightning were the first team that I was really a fan of. And so to kind of, I was, I was still really young when they won the cup back in uh, 2003, 2004. And so I, that, that one I remember, but these last two that we saw are just very, very special. And it's allowed me to be more of a fan and remember a little bit more. And then the same thing with the Rays, the Rays are, you know, I, I grew up and everybody grew up watching the Rays and they were that team that was in the same division with the Yankees and the Red Sox, and they were never going to be able to spend as much money and money is king in baseball. And all of a sudden here come the underdog Rays, And that's been the story of them for the last 10 years. And it's always really fun to watch them succeed to that level. And I, I know people are disappointed in how it didn't end in a world championship, but seeing what that team does with so much less resources than everybody else, it always makes every year that they finish with special. So that, that those are kind of the spots that I was in in the mindset that I was in and then it's been it has been a blast to be a Tampa sports fan over the last two years I know everybody out there who's listening knows that yeah it, it, it certainly has been fun um it's nicknamed Tampa Bay for a reason um so this summer uh or off season right we we hear from Tom Brady and we hear okay I'm done you know it's time and it's time for me to put it away and then what just, you know, a, a week or two ago, he says, actually, I, I, I can't do it. I can't put it down yet. Uh, I want you to take me in, into your analysis of maybe why he did this, because, you know, there's different there's different people think different things. So do you think that he's only coming back to the Bucks so that he could eventually get to somewhere else? What does this mean for the Bucks in, in this season? I know those are a lot of things all wrapped up in one, but give me your expertise uh, on this situation here. Look, uh, when he, so I'll, I'll take it back even further. When Tom Brady signed with the Bucks, he initially signed a two-year deal. But when you looked at the landscape of where the league was and where the Bucks were, two years never made as much sense as three. Because if you remember, he came in during the COVID-adjusted year. So there was going to be limited practice time, limited availability, limited ability for him to build chemistry with the wide receivers, the offensive line, everything. I mean, like they were still learning those things as the season was going on. And they've said this, you know, even after the the championships, they were like, yeah, first half of the season, we were basically just learning still how to all play with each other. And I thought to myself, okay, the first year is going to be not like a burn year, but like 
there, there was really, it was crazy to think that they won the Super Bowl that year because that should not have been the year. It really should have been either last year or this year coming up. And I always felt like he was going to build a chemistry in the first year, really take a run at the Super Bowl his second year. And then if he still hadn't won it in those two years, stick around for a third year, still make the team just as good and give it another shot to try to win another trophy then. So when he retired this past January, whatever the date was, when he, when he, when he retired this past January, I was really surprised. I mean, he could have very easily and maybe should have won MVP this past year as a 44 year old. And I was surprised for a number of reasons. One, because I really did think that the three-year plan was always the plan with Brady. And another reason is because how does a man this competitive hang it up when he's not just good? Because you understand that, right? You don't want a player who's one of the greatest of all time to really tank, right? You remember like what Peyton Manning, well, same thing with Ben Roethlisberger last year. I mean, like these dudes kind of the same way his last year, like, I, I know that Brady doesn't want to do that, but there's a difference between walking away before you reach that point and walking away when you are an MVP and how they were one not great defensive call away from maybe coming back against the Rams and probably winning another Super Bowl. That was the crazy part about me. And so when he retired early on in January, I was very, very surprised. And I was like, man, it's so hard for me to believe that Brady would do that. And then as the podcast started to come out and the interview started to come out and people were like, you're done, right? And he's like, well, you know, I'm just really excited to spend time with my family. You know, I'm like, he didn't say yes. He did not say yes. He didn't say he was retired. And if Brady really believed it, he'd have, he, like, he would have said that. And here we are a month and a half later. And I honestly, I think that that's what it came down to. People make kind of like the family jokes, you know, like, he was listening to his kids scream in his house for a month and he was like, all right, I got to get out of here. But like, I mean, it's, I, I think it's a lot less of that and a lot more of, he really does believe he's got something left in the tank. And I think here in Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians and Jason light have been in good contact with him and basically said, like, look, if you want to come back, we will get the team back together. And they have not only done that, they have gone out and improved the roster in a lot of other ways as well. Now, not everybody is going to be back. I don't think, but it is going to be a championship caliber roster again. And I think for as well as Tom Brady played last year, he can't, he would not be able to rest, if you will, knowing that he had a chance to win another one, to put his legacy even further beyond. And I think that that's all kind of what it came down to with Tampa. Do you think that a lot of people talk about Michael Jordan? And I know we were, we were young during like the Michael Jordan like primetime era so going back and like watching some of the documentaries and like seeing him in action I think we get like a fuller picture of his just hyper competitiveness we are now living through Tom Brady's hyper competitiveness in real time do you think that you and that like we are able to enjoy it in real time or you know what I mean? Like, it's just it, what you said, like the fact that he couldn't hang up those cleats knowing that, like, actually, I still have something in the tank. Actually, I still have something to give. And I don't know if I like the way that I went out. And I think I want to, like, try again. I think they're very similar, right? I mean, when you talk about some of the greatest 
athletes of all time. You know, we talk about Michael Jordan, talk about Tiger Woods, talk about Tom Brady, Muhammad Ali, like so, like so many of these guys kind of come to mind. And a lot of people look at Jordan and what we, he was able to do from a championship perspective and, and put him on a pedestal as, as a no question about it, Mount Rushmore athlete in sports because he won the three titles with the Bulls, came back, won another three titles. You know, Jordan, everybody always is going to point to Jordan going six for six in the finals. But basketball is such a different game than football. Tom Brady's Super Bowl percentage is still a lot higher than anybody, any other quarterback, given how many that he has been to and how much success he has had. So to answer your question, yeah, I do think that we are watching sports greatness in a similar light to what people who were old enough to really know and understand what was going on with Michael Jordan and how dominant and how special those Bulls teams were. We've watched that now over the last 20 years with Tom Brady. Certainly, if he would have retired after he was done in New England, like even take away what he was done in Tampa Bay, like if he would have retired after New England, I would have told you that was the case, that he was unbelievable in his craft, that he was up there with Michael Jordan. And since he has kind of come back, gone to another team, won a Super Bowl, retired once, said that wasn't good enough. Now it really are. There's a lot of parallels with what he had and also so people who may have been too young for Michael Jordan have certainly been able to experience what Tom Brady has been able to do over the last two decades. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly been enjoyable and it's certainly been like, like living through sports history. We'll be right back to the conversation, but first a word from International Diamond Center. At IDC, you're going to see more diamonds than you ever imagined in one place at prices you never thought possible. IDC owner Keith LeClaire. Nobody's ever accused me of not having enough diamonds. We're talking 30 times the selection of ordinary jewelry stores all at rock bottom no middleman prices, right? We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere, period. International Diamond Center. If you're in the market to buy a diamond and you don't come to IDC, you are nuts. <laughs> So you were at the Combine this year, and I think kind of relating this back to Tom Brady and what we were just talking about, you know, a lot of people didn't necessarily give him the credit, you know, like whenever he was this skinny kid at the Combine, right? I I'm wondering, from your perspective, was there somebody at the Combine that maybe stood out to you as someone that you think will be a, a defining character in the football future? It's so hard to not say Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia, and what he was able to do. I mean, he ridiculous, and he looked like a he, he looked like somebody who weighed like sixty less pounds when he was going through the drills. And we already know he's one of those r dominant run defenders that we saw in college football last year You're on Georgia's national championship team, and just we've really never seen before it's just he is just in such rare company and i'm not over here crowning him to the hall of fame before he even plays it down in the nfl he obviously uh hopefully has a long career ahead of him before all of that but i would say that he has to be one of them his georgia teammates i think all around him did really really well in that regard where they just they showed that they're they're they are the next crop of guys kind of to answer your question in that way this next generation of really great defensive players coming up jordan davis Devonte wyatt Trayvon Walker, Lewis Seen, these, all these guys, all these players are just from last year's Georgia team. And I think that they're all very, very, very special. They put that on display at the combine and breed. And so if I'm picking a handful of players that are going to maybe define this next wave in the NFL from this draft class, it would have to be those guys because they just, 
they're very rare. They are very rare what they can do on a football field. And I'm excited to watch what they do as pros. Yeah, it, it re- really will be interesting to see what what those guys can do. Um, watching, I mean, I'm from an SEC football school. So I, that's like my brand of football that I like. So watching that kind of football, they just like play a very like hard-nosed style, you know, defense that is – very entertaining to watch and and is really interesting I think especially whenever you take it to the next caliber into the NFL because you're playing then against the Tom Brady's and 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 you know like the 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 Pat Mahomes of the world where they're also at like the very very top of their craft and um and have amazing coaches who are you know incredible and strategic and figuring out weaknesses um and I think that's what makes the NFL really cool and seeing the transition from college to NFL really cool as well so switching gears a little bit whenever you know you're looking at your life and you're looking at like where you're at in this point in your career tell me about somebody who's maybe outside of your family who you're really thankful for that you think that maybe like hey in in thinking about like my career and where I am holistically like I attribute like actually like some of my success to this person I would say from a obviously like friends and family have done just and and I mean it's ex- extremely humbling thinking about all of the people that I have in my life, the friends and the family that have listened to podcasts and talked to me about sports and just, again, like th- think that it's so cool that I work in this industry, that it's just been such a motivating factor in what I've done. And so, I mean, just all the love in the world to my friends and family who have been able to do that. But if, if, if I were to answer more professionally, I brought his name up earlier in the podcast, but Scott Reynolds, Scott Reynolds at pewreport.com. He's been covering the Bucks for, almost 25 years now. And um, he's one of my favorite bosses I've ever had. He just, the way that even from the very beginning, how he found my work was simply because he loves what he does. I I worked for a company that wasn't PeterReport.com. And Scott has so much stuff on his plate, writing his own work, getting his news, working on the site, making that better, focusing on their coverage. The fact that he had time to even go read somebody else's work was crazy to me but it's it's because this is just what he does and he does it because he loves it and when he reached out to me I could tell that from the very beginning this is something that he absolutely loves to do he doesn't just do this job because it pays his bills he does it because he absolutely loves it and he wants to be the best at bringing Bucks fans his people the best possible coverage that he possibly can on on the team that he loves and so he took that energy as a boss and fed that into me as a young employee working full-time for the first time in the industry. That was my first full-time gig. And when I did things well, he encouraged me. He, he hyped me up. He was my biggest hype man. When there were areas that I can improve, he reached his hand out to say, hey, let's work on this. Let's make you better in this regard. And he didn't just do that. Some bosses, I know a lot of people out here can relate. Some bosses just do that because they want the bottom line. They they want their product to get better. Scott always wanted me to invest it into me as a person, whether it was as a mentor, as a boss, as a friend, as a colleague, whatever it was, that I was then going to be a better employee for him and be the best for him. And so just the, 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 the help that he gave me, the encouragement that he gave me, how he saw what I was able to do and how I could bring different strengths to peterreport.com and how he just 
encouraged me to always be creative and be different and, and be myself and have my own my own voice in the industry. I mean, I, I I owe the world to him because I carried those kinds of principles about myself and who I was in this industry throughout my entire career to this day. And it's an industry where Kaylee, I know you, I know you know this. You know, when we're growing, when we're going through journalism school and broadcasting school, we often try to emulate people, right? We look at, okay, well, this newscaster says this this way, so I'm gonna try to be like him or her because they're up at the t- have like maybe they're on sports center or something like that. So I'm just going to try to mimic what they do. Or some people do that with writing as well, or podcasting. You often see men or women that are doing such great things in the space and you go, okay, I, I let me try to be just like them. In reality, you want to take things from them. You want to see how professional they are and take little things, but you can't give up who you are. Cause essentially that person's already in that chair. They're not going to be looking for another, that person, that person is there. You are the only one who can be you. And Scott, I don't, I don't know if he set out to do this on purpose, but he taught me that early on by how he treated me and how I, he was a boss to me and a friend to me, like I said. And, and I've taken that to this day as, as kind of a motto where it's like, hey, I'm not above reproach. I'm not perfect. I'm always going to try to learn from the best in the business. But at the end of the day, I've got to be me. And if how I want to cover sports or whatever it is, isn't good enough for a full-time job, a part-time job or whatever it is, then that's okay. I'll go do something else. And that's kind of what's always fueled me to make sure that I keep my personality and my work, that I keep my individuality in what I do. And as I grow, as I get better, as I improve, I make sure that I'm not shrinking myself, that I am also growing at the same rate that um, I might be learning new things and doing things differently. So that's something that I just, it's, it's always meant the world. And, and when I think about somebody who's meant a lot to my professional career, I mean, it, it, it's got to start with Scott. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I, I think that people in this career uh, in the media in general can definitely, I, that's the reason I asked that question. Cause there's, there's always somebody, there's always somebody that, that yeah, took a chance on you or believed in you or pushed you uh, because it's not easy to work in the media. It's not easy to do this. Um, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of figuring out, things about yourself and how you want to put that out there. It's a lot of living a lot of your life in, in the public, uh, you know, world, uh, which isn't easy in, in and of itself. Um, so that's part of the reason I asked that question. And that's a really, really cool answer. Um, I hope that you tell him that, you know, I don't know if you've ever, you know, share that with him. We're going to probably put this out somewhere. We'll, we'll share it and maybe tag him in it, but, uh, yeah, definitely reach out and let him know those things too. Cause I'm sure he'd love to hear, how how big of a role he meant to to you in your life i definitely i definitely have said that to him maybe not in those exact words but in words that are very similar and and i've made sure that i let him know that and anytime that we've had heart to hearts because i'm also a big uh i'm also a big advocate of making sure that people can smell the flowers that you want to give them uh you know i think that a lot of people too often you know you see like on social media like when a celebrity dies or something like that. Or, you know, for example, uh, you know, John Clayton uh, just passed away and he was just an unbelievable ESPN icon and so many, you know, floods of, of, of stories of how great John was and how he always reached out and, and was always there for people whenever he could. And, and, you know, I, I see so many of those things. We all see so many of those things when it's often when people pass away. And I just, I always try to make sure that I encourage and even do myself that, 
if I have that kind of praise, if I have those kinds of thoughts for people, that I make sure that they know that while they're here, essentially. And I, I and even even early on, you don't even have to, you don't have to wait until old age or anything. You can tell somebody that you appreciate them at any time. So I've definitely had some of those conversations with him and so many other people before who have helped me and um, always try to I, I always try to remember that as much as I can that I let people who are important to me know they're important to me and, and why. That's great. That's really great to hear. So, so you mentioned in your Twitter bio, is it three sides minimum? Is that the, is that the, did you, yes. is this a club? Yes. Did you start this club? Is it, I mean, I, I am assuming that you're talking about barbecue and I'm assuming that you're talking about like when you go to a barbecue spot, you can get like so, meat and sides. Enough. Is that, am I, am I on the right track here? So it is, it is a barbecue thing. And honestly, it's so funny, Kaylee, because I, I had no intentions of this being a thing. Like this is not, this is not like some that somebody said to me this wasn't like oh i'm gonna start this movement like it was literally just my fat going to a barbecue place and <laughs> wanting to get more food essentially so you know that's it, it, like it, and i tell people it's actually you know as it has grown and it has evolved it's not about the gluttony portion of it when it comes to barbecue but i love barbecue cuisine barbecue cuisine is so unique you know whether you are getting it in south carolina or um Memphis or what St. Louis, whatever it is, there are so many different styles of barbecue and there's so many different ways to cook such a great cuisine. And the whole point of three sides minimum is when you go to a barbecue place, you normally have your go-tos, right? Mine are, if they have really great brisket, I'm probably going to get brisket. If not, I'm probably going to get pulled pork, depending maybe if the ribs look really good, I'll get that. But when it comes to sides, you often get two sides. It's normally when you go to a barbecue place, you get one plate, okay? You get a meat and you get two sides. That's what you get. I have my sides that I always get. I'm always either getting baked beans and coleslaw or baked beans and mac and cheese. That's just what I'm always getting every single time. But when you open up your mind, if you will, to instead add an extra side, then maybe the two sides that you always normally get, that you love, that you still want to get anyways, maybe you walk up to a place and you go, oh, man those collard greens actually look really good here. Or it's like, like, oh, man, that that banana pudding actually looks like it's really good. And it just allows you to, and some people have kind of taken that to heart where it's like, okay, I got to get three sides anyway. So let me get the two sides that I love. And then maybe I can pick one that I see that I really like at this particular place. I've noticed that there are so many great homegrown recipes that are passed down from generation to generation that often show up in sides. Like, of course, like they all cook their meat a certain way and that's a family recipe as well. But like somebody might do baked beans, like really great. Somebody might do coleslaw, really great. And so you just, the three sides minimum thing is just a fun way to enjoy some really great barbecue and honestly, hopefully be able to taste some really great Southern food traditions that maybe one place does very uniquely that you wouldn't get anywhere else and that's kind of what it's all about and so one i get to eat more barbecue two i hopefully get to uh experience maybe a family recipe at, at a good place like that so that's honestly that's that's where it came from and that's the spirit of it okay so uh in, in that spirit can you tell me maybe like give me a few hot spots in tampa that you you really like maybe they're meat or there's a side that you have to try at this place or something in the central it could be orlando central florida-esque lakeland like you know this area or is there a a barbecue joint that you're like really into and like what 
or or a few of them and then like what are your go-to sides or like must tries at these places okay so so I, I don't I don't have one of like a side that particularly stands out however right next to Lakeland Florida in Auburndale so it's it's literally like right next to where um it, it, Auburndale is essentially like what Brandon would be to Tampa it's like they're, they're right there or even like shoot like new Tampa like it's kind of the same thing it's just right next to Lakeland in Auburndale there is a barbecue place that is out of an old chicken coop it is called Jumbo's barbecue and no have you had people's no, I haven't had Peebles. I grew up in Winter Haven, so I'm I'm familiar with that area. This, okay, so you, so you were close. Okay, yeah. I, I can't believe I can't believe you haven't had it then. Okay, so Peebles. I, when I was going to Southeastern, we would go to Peebles every single Thursday or Friday. Every single one, no matter what, they had incredible ribs, amazing pulled pork. Like the, the sides were always fantastic. It's some of my favorite coleslaw I've ever had. The baked beans were great. Like it's just the most down-to-earth, homegrown, like, classic, beautiful barbecue that I've ever had. And I don't even know if it's still open. I sure hope it is because I haven't been in years. But anybody who is traveling the long road of I-4 going from Tampa to Orlando or Orlando to Tampa, next time you're going, if you're a little bit hungry, take a road, take it, take a spot off the beaten path, go to Peebles Barbecue in Auburndale. That is my I don't know if, if you're this way. I like, I almost, I think I bully my husband into like getting into like ordering his food so that I can like try some of his food. So that's kind of how I do the three sides minimum thing. Cause I get my meat in two sides and then he gets his in two sides. And then I'm like, yeah, but that's not just for you. Like you're also, this is a, <laughs> this is a shared meal. This is family style. The math still so, works out. So that's right. It's good. like, okay, I, we actually, I'm, to me in four sides situation over here yeah because we just I, I like like I said I kind of bully him into sharing his food with me because you can't just have if they have really good cornbread but you're already having mac I don't know if I want that that's too many carbs but it it, it works but you want to try it but, but you, I want to try, try it I want to taste it that, and that's that is the the whole the whole spirit of the rule so you are actually doing it you are doing it great. You know, some people, some people Thank aren't as you. lucky as you, Kaylee. They don't have a partner that they are able to bully into manipulating what they order <laughs> at a barbecue place. But, you know, if you are, then more power to you. The math is on your side. You get two different meats. You get two, you get four different sides. And there you go. You're going to leave, you're going to leave happy. I'm just waiting for the little one to be big enough to then I can like order him some food and then I'll like bully him into like getting, oh no, you actually like this. And then it's like, you know what I mean? Just like, keep it going, <laughs> keep it going. We're, we're all about just getting the best food we can and then and then sharing it right it's just sharing is caring that's 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 the of spirit course. yeah that's what it's all about that's what it's all about <laughs> the final countdown is coming up but first a word from international diamond center a lot of people talk about clarity they talk about color they talk about the size the cut is the most important international diamond center owner keith leclerc talks about the most important of the four c's the cut the way the diamond is cut is 60 percent of the value he says it's like comparing two men who weigh the same but don't look at all alike one may look like tim tebow and the other one looks like me i highly recommend you stay with tebow <laughs> international diamond center buy the one that looks like tim tebow Okay, we are getting into the final countdown. It's the last four questions I ask everybody. So, uh, first of all, what is your Happy Gilmore-esque happy place? 
Oh, wow. My happy Gilmore happy place. Um, either, okay, either, either some sort of exercise. So either like playing a sport or being in the gym or honestly, like I'm a, I'm a pretty big video game guy. Like I don't do the full like computer setup, Twitch streaming, anything like that. But I do play a decent amount of video games with some old friends that honestly, like I don't get to talk to otherwise. And so, you know, like we'll, we'll log on and we'll play some sort of like call of duty or whatever and it's almost like i'm hanging out with my college buddies again or so i think that that's a happy place the gym's a happy place um anytime that i'm with my my girlfriend and my dog just hanging out on a beautiful spring or summer day i mean that's a great place as well so i don't know i think that that's probably those are probably a handful of answers that kind of come to my head that are more common obviously like i can pick the beaches you know the beaches would probably be a great one i grew up just outside of Anna Maria Island in Bradenton, Florida. And so, you know, like that would be a big happy place for me. But unfortunately, I don't have access to it right now. So I don't really want to bring that up because I don't really have that ability. So I'm not going to talk about that. So I don't know. Those are those are more common happy places, I think, for me. I'll stay away from telling you what the temperature is in Tampa today. Um, oh, please don't. Well, yeah, please don't. That'd be great. <laughs> so if if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a person, how would you describe them? The whole team, the, like everything, just one person. How would you describe them? The first word that the first word that came to my mind was royalty, just because I think I just think that they're like top. They're 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 obviously. I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I think they're Super Bowl favorites. I think they should be. I think they're gonna. I, I think you look at what the NFC is this year, and it's it's pretty much gonna be a cakewalk to the NFC Championship, and the AFC teams are gonna all beat each other up, and then Tampa's probably gonna win another one with Tom Brady again. So somehow, some way, Tampa sports has warped my mind to think of the word royalty when talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I don't know, uh, a king, a ruler, uh, something like that, I guess that would probably be my answer to that. I've never really thought about it. So that was an interesting question. What would you tell your younger self when you were just getting started? It kind of goes back to what I was talking about a little bit before, and that's be you. And I think that that's, that's a lot of what I tell a lot of people when, you know, it, it is crazy that I, I have people kind of reach out to me and talk to me, whether it's, it's high school kids or, or, or college kids who want to get into this business, want to get into journalism. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll kind of like send me questions and whatever. And it's always so humbling to think that my opinion would matter. But, you know, a lot of the, a lot of them ask, you know, one of their questions is like, what advice would you give? And I would always tell people like, Hey, you got to work hard. And obviously that's a prerequisite to it, but always be kind to people and always be yourself. I mean, like those are kind of the things that I would make sure that I tell my younger self and hopefully I've done a pretty good job of at this point in my career that, um, like I said, there's, there's never going to be anybody like you. And I know that's kind of a cliche, but it's true, especially when it comes to this career, a career that is so saturated, a career that, you know, people want to, want to break into every single day. There's people who would love to be in our seats and, and love to cover things in sports and, the only way that you're going to be able to stick out is to be you. And it's the best way that you're going to stick out too. Cause you're going to love what you do. You're going to love who you are and you're going to build a really great life for yourself. If you kind of keep those things in mind. So I would say that definitely being kind to everybody, be a great friend and then make sure that you're, you're always yourself and whatever you do. I love that. That's great. And finally, uh, what is something outside of work that has 
brought you some joy this week? Something outside of work that has brought me joy this week. Um, my wonderful girlfriend FaceTiming me with my dog. That is something that has brought me joy. That brings me joy every single day. Uh, I do long distance with my girlfriend right now. She lives back in Charlotte. And um, very thankful for technology being the way that it is, because I don't know if I could have done long distance before the days of FaceTime being away from both of them. And so um, actually just got to book a flight to go back and see them later this week. And so just kind of the thought of that and being there and being with them and everything, that's that is definitely something that has brought me a lot of joy this week is, is, is knowing that that's coming at the end of the week. So Nice. The countdown is on. Well, Trevor, thank you so much. I hope that you have a great weekend uh, with, with your girlfriend and with your dog. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate the time. Thank you, fans, for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell on Apple and Spotify. A special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or exploretoyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on our full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. Again, thank you so much for listening. This has been Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell, brought to you by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981.